I'm oh. just surprised because it really feels like it really feels like Ryan's parents are way more normal than he is. <laughs> I'm getting that vibe. Yeah. They're pretty normal people. Hello and welcome to another episode of Film House. This week we're talking about all sorts of things related to the world and the cyber world. Today I'm joined by James and Elise Willems. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. And film expert and cyberpunk connoisseur, Ryan Haley. That's right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Film expert here. How's it going? Thank you. Good to have you. And cyberpunk connoisseur. And cyberpunk connoisseur. Can't forget. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, uh, most namely Lawnmower Man, but we'll get to that soon. I know you can click ahead if you want to just get to that, but first we're going to go over some news. First up, Mulan is going to be coming to Disney Plus. We did it, everybody. That's right. Finally. Yes. Uh, did we do it? Yes. You thought this crazy pandemic was going to stop us, James, but no. Mm-hmm. All you need is a Disney Plus subscription and an extra $30 to pay to rent it, and then you can mm-hmm. watch Mulan. And the a Mushu-less movie. How do you guys feel about that? Boo! I want Mushu, but I am excited for the <laughs> for the main Mulan. I've been telling my nieces about. I've been pumping up the live action Mulan because they're obsessed with Mulan, the cartoon. And somehow they, in their mind, they know that I work with movies and stuff, so they think that I've actually been working on Mulan or something. Oh. So they're always asking me about Mulan as if I work on it, and I have to remind them I don't. But they're excited to spend the thirty dollars to watch it at home. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know well, what money is. Spending, they, have, they have no concept. Yeah, they won't be spending a single dime. Right. But they're excited for their parents too. Yeah. I mean, is this is this uh, exciting to you guys that perhaps some of the the bigger film studios are okay not putting it out to the wide world and trying to find another? We've talked about this for many months now. Do you think this is a trend that's going to continue, or this is just going to happen during this time? Continue. I, th- I think people are going to get used to it, and they're going to be pissed if we go back to the way we're like, wait a minute, it came out in theaters. I can't watch it on my iPhone right now. Like, what the hell? And uh, it's uh, yeah, it, we're hooked now. It's it, you can't go back. Pandora's box is opened. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be case by case, from a studio to studio and distributor to distributor, and it might be hybrid releases, like we're seeing with Tenet, where it's getting an actual international release but it's not coming out in the United States. That um, sucks. I hate that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to get spoiled. Mulan's definitely going to be a proving and testing ground, especially for Disney. I've uh, remarked on this before, but I do think that them this is testing the waters big time. Uh, Mulan's a really strange case because it already had a red carpet premiere. Mm-hmm. It already had a lot of fanfare. And it was going to be a big feature for Disney, be celebrated for having an all Asian cast, um, which is something they haven't done with their live action yet. They haven't really dipped too multiculturally into live action, mm-hmm. like their you know efforts in Lion King and uh, Aladdin, but like not on the scale of this. Uh, but I do think there there like there's some loss there. For them not being able to really do it up for Mulan, this, this yeah, is tough. I, I, this is tough for Elise because she normally only sees movies on red carpet. So that's, that's I, a, yeah. yeah, that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was that? Uh, the Last Stand. Last Stand. Oh. The Last Stand. Yeah, we went to the uh, red carpet premiere. I I am genuinely excited for Mulan. It's kind of rife with controversy because of remarks that the lead actress made in support of the Chinese government. That's really unfortunate. I mean, that, but I love the, that was the ambassador sorry. controlling her Twitter account. That wasn't her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that was President I, Xi I, tweeting for her. If she hadn't made those uh, remarks, would you be willing to pay forty dollars? <laughs> yeah. How many uh, was it? Citizen points? Are you willing to give? A, uh, this is we're joking about this, but this is uh, it. It all makes sense later. Uh, uh, honestly, I, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I do really love the animated Mulan in terms of like overall Disney animated, and then especially in the Disney Renaissance, that like second tier. Mm-hmm. I I think it's one of the the best movies. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'll make a man out of you, and the other yeah. one, and reflection. I you could be lying, and I don't know. Moving on to our um, next story, <laughs> make a yeah, man. Mulan has good songs. Uh, I don't appreciate. Yeah, I, don't, I, 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 I saw I saw it once in theaters as a kid. I I actually might watch it again because we do have Disney Plus, and I don't know if I want to pay thirty dollars 
to see the live action one. I think that's to be honest. I, the, really? I, I, my, yeah. my prediction is that Mulan cleans that or Disney cleans up on this, and that, but I think that they're the only ones that can really accomplish putting out their movies to their uh, service because they literally have a hundred million fucking families that have paid for this thing. So essentially when, when you, but yeah, I thought it was international. Didn't. Either way, it's a oh. ton of people. And, uh, 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 and it's almost like basically they have a built in theater system for, cause, cause their fans are more dedicated than the Netflix uh, fans. I mean, cause you know, I, Netflix I releases all sorts of different kinds of shit. They only release kid shit. So all their, there's users are going to be by have you seen the, the smut I, known as splash yeah ryan i would say i Tom agree Hanks. with you except there are cases we've seen like trolls world tour where it's i think you might be on the right track with like oh if it's aimed at kids parents are going to spend because they need anything to placate yes. their kids right now mm-hmm. and they need any new experience for them or like any so i, I think like didn't invisible man make a ton of money in digital too i believe mm. it Probably. Invisible Man was like the last movie that came out in theaters. Yeah. People are really upset. People are very divided and upset about this $30 price point. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that I don't think that this is going to be the trend going forward. I do think that, you know, the global state of things, the pandemic, and just seeing how this kind of shakes out. If yes, we do live in a post-apocalyptic world where movie mole theaters people. don't exist, mole people rise from the ground or whatever. But if things get back to any semblance of normal... I think what this is merely going to be a test bed for is what they can push in terms of these types of movies. I don't ever think that Disney would want to make a movie at the scale of of Mulan, like with all the marketing that they put behind it. And like it's a top tier film. I think they would still want to release this in theaters because I still think the potential to make big money Mm. is going to be in selling tickets to individuals and, and everything like that. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we started to see a tiered divisioning where if this is successful, they're like, well, we're not going to take that risk again with the Mulan type, right? We're not going to do the Tarzan or whatever Tarzan movie live action with uh, or or we're not going to do the next Marvel movie. Thirty dollars. That's still going to go to theaters, but we're going to make some like sub tier movies that you may see on Netflix that we will try and charge for and so just see if that works. You think they're going to keep in addition to having people pay Disney Plus month to month subscription, they're also going to have, you know, a $10 feature release. I think they might test. I think they might continue testing it. I don't know that Mulan is the right test, but I think they're, they're like what can we do? I also think this is a test of everyone always talks about how in, you know, how shitty marketing can be for movies. But this is an example of how good marketing is for movies, because for me, Mulan was like really kind of building hype. And I was like, well, I, I guess I am kind of excited for it. But now when it's actually coming out, I'm like, I'm probably just going to watch it because Elise wants to watch it. And I'll be watching it through Adam's window. Yeah. <laughs> Hiding that, in the bushes. At that point, Disney would like $60 from you. Actually, that was a <laughs> yeah. that was a patent by either Microsoft or Sony at one point where they had a connect or PlayStation I type thing that would scan the amount of people in your room. Mm-hmm. And then oh, it would yeah. charge, it would like charge you or allow you, or it would like, so if you do like pay-per-view mm-hmm. and everyone's hiding behind the couch and they pop up like, Oh, sorry, too many people in this room. You need to pay more get, money. What would it charge me for all the mannequins and paper cutouts and sex dolls that I have sex, in my room? Sex dolls, <laughs> I believe, only have to pay for half because they only have part good. of a soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've filled so them with your little. essence. Uh, that actually leads into our second story. This is a longer article and something we could only talk. We don't have to go too much depth, but uh, foreignaffairs.com wrote this uh, great article about about how Hollywood is running out of villains because the U.S. is basically bending the knee to every other country, such as like Russia, North Korea and China, because like China is becoming fastly becoming the biggest movie market out there. And so no longer can we have China be an enemy in any sort of movie um, for fear of both um, box office retaliation. Alienating them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then also cyber attacks. Uh, so back in the day, you know, not too long Interview. ago, back in 1990, well, we used to mock, was it Team America mocked uh, North Korea to a great extent and a hilarious extent. Uh, but then since then, Sony was hacked by North Korea and there's this fear of now for the cyber attacks. Uh, also, yes, the, the interview was happened after that. But yeah, that was, Apparently because of that. And that's how we learned about all of this 
these horrific uh, internal memos about how executives yeah. actually talk Spider-Man to each other. should do parkour or whatever. It's yeah. how we got yeah. the Andrew Garfield leaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that I, apparently the reason he didn't get cast in the third Spider-Man was because he offended a Sony CEO. Mm-hmm. That's that, why. That's the reason that's we didn't get the trash. Men in Black tw- t- 21 Jump Street crossover film that I really wanted and didn't know existed until those leaks. Wow. Well, yeah, I, that too. Yeah. But, so, so I guess thank you, North Korea and Hollywood for... <laughs> Battling one say that. the premise of this article seems a little short sighted. Um, it seems pretty ridiculous. I do like the idea, <laughs> the concept, but yeah, it's, it, it's just funny because the idea that the only villains in film have ever been like enemies, like that kind of ended when the Cold War ended, <laughs> like we stopped having the movies, like for since at least the 90s, if you're gonna do something like that internationally. Uh, like it's generally like a terror cell. Like True Lies mm-hmm. is terrorists. Um, uh, Die Hard is terrorists. Like they're generally not necessarily oh, those are older movies, though. Yeah. No, but I, I'm saying I'm saying it's never been really an issue if we're talking about where to find villains. I think it's a weird a weird statement that like the only films that we've ever had are when China's the bad guy or something like oh, that. Well, no, I think it's just, it's a growing problem that the, the author points out that it used to be, you would pick an enemy or something and it wouldn't really matter. But now there's a real world challenge of actual retaliation from a country because I mean, you say the cold war is over. I would just argue that it's a different kind of cold war where now that you're being attacked behind the scenes through cybercrime and all these other newfangled things. Once again, this is all building up to a bigger thing we're going to be talking about soon. But uh, I, I just I, I thought it was an interesting read. I think framing it like like oh we're not we're going to run out of villains is a little weird. But like framing it, yeah. if you were to say oh we can't we literally we can't piss off big countries anymore in movies. You can't have any kind of thing about their country or about you know uh, like you said a Chinese person or a Russian person doing anything wrong because because China is the biggest market. Like Transformers and stuff made a whole hour extra uh, added to the movie just to appease the, or to, you know, to make more money in China. Um, so I think yeah. that, that that kind of thing is, I, I wouldn't even call it an issue, but it is just a weird, well, yeah, I guess. It, I mean, it's, a, but this is, the villain is like putting a, like a, putting it under a microscope in a lot of cases. Like there's the whole aspect of broadening the film and entertainment industry in such a way that it appeals to everyone that it no longer has any sort of purpose or meaning, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has no voice because it is this robotic thing that has to make sure everyone leaves pleased. And like, that's the kind of thing that maybe you could do regionally. Maybe you could do by a country. You could tap into some sort of patriotic motif within the country. But when you start trying doing it, trying to do it globally, now it's going to be a real issue like Mm -hmm. everything's going to become a bollywood film Uh, well not all bollywood films but those bollywood films that try and cast those huge wide nets and they're like you know what it's got to have romance got to have action it's got to have a really old actor uh but cast in a leading role for some reason (laughs) yeah it's a shame that like it's a shame that the conversation we have to be having is one that's about a retaliation of a cyber attack Mm -hmm. or an information attack and not the the discussion of like what harmful stereotypes or, you know, nationalistic views does this reinforce if we're constantly making mm-hmm. foreign countries, uh, you know, the, the villain? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it sucks that because it's like it's now this different conversation mm-hmm. is like sullying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you I, should I, be able to it. say fuck the Chinese government in a movie without having to fear, you know. For you, yeah. you should, but right now life. you just you just shook a little bit. I assume you like <laughs> just something something in the I have back all these of your red brain. dots all over me, and it's weird. <laughs> anyway, I, I thought it was an interesting read. Uh, maybe it, it also just brings up the bigger issue of maybe uh, films need to be become a bit more complicated. Maybe uh, the villain's motive shouldn't be as black and white as they think differently than me. You know, so maybe uh, there is a renaissance ar- around the horizon where. Uh, movies would become a bit more complex, like they used to be, like The Fugitive. Oh, you yeah. simple, well, like, simple, naive man, Adam. <laughs> there, there's like the hierarchy of villain motivations where like the lowest one is like, they're just pure evil. Mm-hmm. And the next one is like, they think that society um, 
is against them. And, you know, the next year being they're a Thanos type where they have a different perspective. And it's like, it's not necessarily like, if you kind of look at it, you can sort of see why they have that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's it's creating a complex villain. You're right. It's just creating a complex villain. Thanos did nothing wrong. That's what I've been saying forever. (laughs) That's a slippery slope, my friend. I guess Uh, maybe Abby from Last of Us is maybe a more apt example. Oh boy, you didn't want to, you were worried about uh, people we're talking about now. we're talking about last of us like we're that. talking about China. Well, I mean, you, you bring up an <laughs> we're interesting. All the bases. You, that's an interesting comparison. That that's probably uh, a discussion we do in a future podcast. But that's a thirty plus hour game versus a two hour maybe movie. How can you you know I mean basically to make Thanos a relatable villain in some regard, you have to give him his own movie first, essentially, uh, and then a few movies the leading up origin. to that. Yeah, I mean it was uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll get more Thanos. But, yeah. He's yeah. he's a great villain just because he's not just like I'm evil and I want to destroy the world because I'm evil. Well, yeah, he's the protagonist uh, of the film. Yeah. He's an environmentalist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna move on to our big big part of the podcast. Uh, but real quick before we go to there, um, want to remind you guys that Babe has turned twenty five today. Congratulations uh-huh. to Babe! Yeah, happy birthday, Babe! Happy birthday! How old is that? La, do, la, la. Ah, Ram, you. Everybody sings. That's a good movie. (laughs) How old does that make Pig in the City? Uh, That came out, what, three years later? Three years younger than that, 22. So uh, just want to remind you guys, we'll see you guys in three years when we talk about Babe, (laughs) Pig in the City. Uh, We're going to talk about some cyberpunk stuff, a la, a la, uh, was it Lawnmower Man? But before we do that, a quick word from our sponsor. You okay? I'm just psyched about Lawnmower Man and stuff. Oh. (laughs) Oh, I thought he was upset because we yeah. cut short the babe. Yeah, talk. I thought he oh, wanted sorry. to say more. About I just, I just oh, wanted no. to give it just just shout out to babe. Uh, all right. George Miller, you son of a bitch. I would give anything to see a cyberpunk babe film. I'm just going to throw that pig. out there. Yeah, okay. cyber pig. During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money away every month at high interest credit card debt, it is time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate, and you don't need a degree or diploma to apply. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it will not affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. And the best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com filmhouse to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's Upstart dot com slash film house. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. Okay, I want to talk to you guys about a little something uh, looming around the corner. It's this game coming out called Cyberpunk 2077. Have you guys heard of this? Does anyone know about it? I've heard other people here have heard about it. I saw the 2013 trailer. I okay. see the yellow banner <laughs> the on, on websites a bunch. Okay. Well, that's because they're tracking your data, which we'll also get oh. into here. So that's a game coming out this November, hopefully. Uh, and want to maybe kind of do a fun thing here where we help teach you guys a little bit about the origins of cyberpunk and where they come from, because they've actually been rooted a lot more in movies than they have been in video games. More recently, the video games have sort of been sprawling, but uh, they have existed in movies for a very long time. So first of all, the question is, what is cyberpunk? It is known as a genre of science fiction set in a lawless subculture of an oppressive society dominated by computer technology. Not too different from where we are now, though we can argue that it has skewed a bit uh, as we've... uh, just a little. Oh, don't don't worry, Ryan. It's going to get worse. So uh, while previous <laughs> generations of people have had an Orwellian or Huxley-esque future to worry about, younger readers and writers focus 
on what was in front of them. That's political disenfranchisement, uh, I can't talk, corporate enslavement, and an all-around get-fucked-or-be-fucked attitude. Combine all that, and you have the makings of cyberpunk. So today we're going to talk about one movie that falls into that category. Uh, this is going to be moving into sort of the transhumanism side of it. Uh, I picked... Mm-hmm. We, Ready you know, Player One. Well, uh, here, I'll give you guys a choice. <laughs> we can either Man. do... We could either do The Matrix or Lawnmower Man. What's that? You picked Lawnmower Man? We're going to talk about Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lawnmower Man is actually it's based on a short story by Stephen King. Besides the name, uh, the movie and the book have almost nothing in common. And uh, the movie basically is about a doctor scientist who does a whole Flowers for Algernon uh, <laughs> bit on his gardener. And it's great. It's a great movie. We all rewatched it. All of us. Right? I did. I mean, with my parents. Every- Every week on the week, I Wednesday watched half nights, of it. Lawnmower Man night, you know that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I watched it, half. I, it's part of Funhouse lore now. It's one mm-hmm. of those movies that we we reference from time to time. And when was the last time? But I mean, I know I I watched it again this week. But when was the last time anyone here saw the movie? Uh, college for me. So that's why I had to get a little refresher with my mom and dad last night. I forced them to watch it, um, mm. and they hated it. No. I guess mm. we can get into that. I I, I, I had a, a clip of it here. Roll the clip. <laughs> Dad, have you ever seen Lawnmower Man? What do you think? Yes. No. What are your thoughts, Mom? Bizarre. Just bizarre. Not getting any better. All right, Dad. Tell Funhouse what you thought of Lawnmower Man. Wasn't my favorite. Had its moments. One thumb up. <laughs> out of out of two? Yeah. Mom, what's your? What it, it went from bad to worse, and I give it a half a star. And I'm glad it's over. And I only <laughs> did it for you. <laughs> And those are Ryan's parents enjoying the hit film from 1992. Surprisingly, Ryan's surprisingly normal parents. As a, to, uh, you would have thought surprisingly differently. normal home. Yes, absolutely. I thought you were going to show images of mannequins or something. <laughs> a giant stuffed FAO Schwartz teddy bear. Adam, when was the last time you had seen it? Uh, I was a kid. I, I, I think 1993 or 94, around the time it came out. So oh, my, right God. on the cusp. Th- someone, uh, someone in our community brought up that we never br- we talk about the chimp in the beginning uh who is uh, the i love origin- that monkey that monkey's great <laughs> and i thought that was a fever dream i had i forgot about that actually happening but that is a plot point of the movie uh dr lawrence angelo is working for a company called vsi virtual space industries and they're using experiments with drugs and chimps apparently to make them uh weaponized killers uh, i think is the idea for war uh, but that, mm-hmm. that that is that is the beginning of the movie. That's how it starts. It's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. after watching it, they uh, uh, they don't ever go back. We, a we never see the chimp. The chimp doesn't come back the, mm-hmm. from the beginning. We you think he would, and then also, do they explain how Pierce Brosnan was cyber mind linked to uh, the the monkey at the moment that he was escaping? They never talk about that either. Wasn't the monkey use? Didn't the monkey? De- develop the tele telepathic abilities that hinted at what was going to happen to yeah, but, Job but, but later usually, on. Y- and so usually Job would have to be in the same room, right? Because he was asleep with his wife uh while the monkey theoretically was the monkey could be stronger. Mm-hmm. Theoretically I love how movies still think that armies are going to weaponize animals after the atomic bomb was invented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they're, what? They're, well, they're like Jurassic world, like Jurassic world. They're <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? The, the armies are just so inefficient. Yeah. Bombs. They take forever to Biological warfare. <laughs> don't need it. Wipe out millions of people in an instant. Why mm-hmm. don't we tie uh, AK 47s to Raptors and send them in there. Finally, the yeah. military can operate at an efficiency. I, I guess the, the um, monkey, the monkey thing was actually probably more efficient than the dinosaurs where you needed a gun to shine a laser into a cave, which then send the Raptor, but mm-hmm. the Raptor doesn't obey you in any way, shape or form. It would just kill you. I, 
To me, uh, disappointing watching it because, you know, the big thing about cyberpunk is there's the dissonance, right? Because you've got the futurism, Mm -hmm. the advancements. Then at the same time, there's always in in, in great cyberpunk, there's always a ton of social strife. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not it's not utopic, right? Everything's Mm -hmm. kind of deteriorating. Not always. And I thought I mean. It's it's pretty com- it's a pretty common trope. Yes, it is. That, that yes. There, it's that rarely dissonance. optimistic. Right? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought that monkey was going to be radicalized <laughs> <laughs> and, and fighting and fighting for some kind of justice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty disappointed, like Ryan was, that the monkey didn't come back into play. All the, admit it. There, there is the a scene towards the end where they they bring in a child to uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of upset the balance of the movie. Uh, it should have been the monkey. Should have been Chibo. There, you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you see Job's humanity where he goes, oh, no, the child's over. He went, Chibo, save Chibo. And he goes, okay, got it. And Pierce Brosnan puts in his little earring and sprints out there in that little sex suit he's got on. That's, uh, that's a quality film. Uh, you're you're right, fr- though, Elise. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. I, it was kind of unrelated. I was, I was just going to say I totally forgot about the whole uh, uh, sadistic priest beating uh, subplot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you forgot about that? Yeah. <laughs> you have to, it's, that's the save the cat moment. In that's Long true. <laughs> you, it, it, and originally it wasn't going to be save the cat. It was the moment that endears you to the, you know, the priest, the main character, oh, oh, uh, the main character, I mean, arguably the, the character. titular character. And so that way it feels like a tragedy is to make sure to show him get beaten by a priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is also this, yeah. is, this movie takes place in you know it was created in the '90s. Obviously, written the original book was written in the '70s, but um, the the writer and creator were working on this in like you know the '80s when it was you could say certain words that you can't say today. And like what, Adam? Tell way. us all of them. The R word. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do. It. I mean, like a soundboard already exists of me, so it doesn't really matter. But they're like, he's a simple man. What if we? What if we put him? What if we fixed him? <laughs> but then he's also mm-hmm. beaten by a priest constantly his entire life because of the way God made him, which is, uh, it, I think, just the way of the director of saying like religion bad, science good, maybe. It well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, maybe. it's a, it's it's a uh, a trope, right? Like his, the whole character of Job is just like kind of one of those really lame tropes where it's like, you know, he his. His, he's a little bit slower than the rest of us. We're not going to exactly say what is wrong with him, and we're not going to tie it to any sort of actual uh, social or mental disability in any way. But luckily, he has the body of a hulking Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird, yeah, because it seemed like the uh, halfway through the film, he became rip, more ripped. And I'm like, did the VR make him more ripped? Well, no, they dress it's him posture. like they dress him like adult Chucky yeah. for the first half or cause, because that's the case, right? Like if, his, if his, he has some sort of mental disability, then he must be a child in body and mind, right? <laughs> so he wears those suspenders that he can barely get to fit on and everything, or the overalls. But then, yeah, later on, once he starts changing, he just takes them off, and you, it's, oh, turns out, turns out he's a, well, 80s buff, <laughs> I guess, like, regular guy buffness. Um, and women just can't keep their hands off of him. Well, it's like that yeah, show Ugly this- Betty. How so? It's like the it show. would have been great if we'd seen the monkey get stronger. <laughs> I wish. You I mean, know? I guess if you want to see that movie, watch Rise of the Planet that's of the Planet Apes. Planet of the right? Apes. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, but that, that's the idea, though, is that because of his dis- disability, he gained physical strength. Mm-hmm. But now he's more dangerous because he has intelligence as well. He's becoming the ultimate man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also he, combs his, his hair. You could only have point. one or the other, but science yeah. allows us to have both. But then that science gives us power, which then corrupts. That's the that's the moral moral of the whole thing. Because what we're just human, man. But what is human at the end of the day? Hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a it's a semi buff gardener who combs his hair and has striking eyes and just has a great tan. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah, that's I think what they were going for. Uh, So, yeah, at this point in the story, uh, Dr. Angela is played by Pierce Brosnan, decides to recruit a human subject after the. The work with the chimps doesn't go so hot. And he actually persuades his gardener, who is, uh, they call him intellectually disabled, uh, his uh, gardener, Job Smith, great original name, to participate in his experiments, let him know 
that he will make him smarter. Basically gives him a promise of a brighter future for him and doesn't really give him a choice because he injects well, him with some like I was going to say, it's, it's also great because essentially the premise is, oh, this is awesome because if it works on you, it'll change your life. And it doesn't work on you. You're not a mem- you're barely a functioning <laughs> member of this society and no one will blame me for experimenting <laughs> on you, human being. Is is like is funny because that's kind of the undercurrent yeah. of his proposal. But Pierce Brosnan's supposed to be the good guy. <laughs> is that the same premise in Stephen King's story? I no. All I no. know is that Stephen King said, you better not put my name on this yeah. damn movie. So, and then, uh, I, I, and then I, I, sued. And then they did it anyway. So I he bet. got to sue again. Yeah. Nice. Did, did, did you see what the original story of the Lawnmower Man actually was, Elise? No. So there, there's a there's no. a man. There's just, it's just a man who wants his lawn cut. So he calls a gardening service, and the gardening service arrives. But it's a man who can telepath telepathically control his lawnmower, and he follows. Oh. He follows the lawnmower naked, eating the grass, and the the man who who hired him is like, what the hell? And then he goes, oh, you don't understand. I worship the devil, Pan. And he controls me. Are and you then, making this up? No, not at all. And then there's actually a short <laughs> film some students made that you can watch a really slimmed down version of it. And then uh, the man tries to call the cops and goes, you shouldn't have done that. And then they, the naked man remote controls the lawnmower to kill him. And then the cops show up and they're like, what a crazy world, right? Is that that's so where are the similarities and parallels between this movie and that? Story? Wait, there's no VR in the fucking there's King? a man and there's a lawnmower. The, 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 the idea of VR like barely existed at this time. I mean, it was it was like a Jules Verne fever dream at the time. But no, I mean, it, it was the name Elise. And there's a part where someone is killed by a remote controlled telepathically controlled lawnmower. That's it. And the monkey. No monkey, no Chibo. <sighs> yes. It is funny because in this scenario, it was Stephen King saying, how dare you disgrace the legacy of my, <laughs> my yeah, short novel or whatever about this. And they're going, please, Stephen, let us acknowledge your content here. And he's like, no. <laughs> make your movie but honestly side by side they're probably both just as trash <laughs> Lawn, yeah Stephen King isn't happy with the lawnmower man he's not happy with Stanley Kubrick's The Shining you just can't make Stephen mm-hmm. King happy alright no matter well, how you, well you adapt his work I don't know. Yeah. you make a Shining with Stephen Weber he might be into it mm-hmm. it's true it, no one else likes TV it versions. I, at some point we have to just acknowledge that Stephen King probably isn't the best tastemaker I think he, I he agree has created some he's created some amazing works of fiction but just because he likes something doesn't mean you have to like it. Maybe, he, mm. maybe not uh, right as an influencer. I'll just throw that out there. He just he's like he right player like one trucks, is good, and I've never owned a truck. Interesting. He doesn't like so. trucks. Well, yeah, you've seen Maximum Overdrive. Shit's fucking uh, scary. I was, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, he wrote a lot of things. He still continues writing things. I don't know how he does it. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you're a, a poor student, he actually even has a program where you can. Uh, adapt yeah. one of his works of fiction for free for a dollar is, or a dollar. Sorry, he needs money. I think it's St- a dollar. Steven needs that money. He needs that paper so he can like paper. Well, he did the math. He said, "Do you realize how many students there are out there? I'd be rich. <laughs> Do you know how many stories I've written? Millions. Mm-hmm. No, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. I keep doing it. And I did a lot of cocaine in the '70s, and apparently Cujo came out of that. Anyway, back to the anyway the better lawnmower man. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, this the movie is all about uh, these cyberpunk themes. That is, you know, we're trying to learn a few things here. Uh, the idea of to fear the future, that technology is a, mm-hmm. is very powerful, and we should be treated as a weapon, as evidence in the movie. Uh, there's a, a whole theme of transhumanism by using virtual reality to push humans to their next step of evolution. And there's a little bit of class warfare, as James talked about, where we take the differently abled and inject them with things, and if they die, it's not our fault. They're be- they're less good than us, is what Pierce Brosnan they, said. Yeah, they it, the movie seems to, or Pierce Brosnan in the movie seems to imply that they have inherently less value. <laughs> so, which is like such a weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad we as a society have moved past that, at least in the developed world, in a lot of ways. He he also um, has a or, girlfriend or a wife or something in the beginning of the movie, and then she just disappears. I forgot about that. Pierce Brosnan. Oh yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah he never really owns again. a lot of phones. He owns a lot of phones, <laughs> which will come into play at the end. Yeah. Um, real, real quick, can we just say, can, can we go around and you know, it's easy to 
dunk on this movie mm-hmm. because it's such a time capsule. It is like yeah. such a cheesy thing with such a reputation. Mm-hmm. But we can we all go around and say something that's actually genuinely good about that yeah. we felt is something genuinely yeah. good about the film. It's a good idea. Yes. No monkeys. No monkeys. I can go first. I can go first if it helps. Um, I think that this movie is really good at being one of those racing towards disaster. Like, you you know, and part of this is reliance on the marketing. Like, if you haven't seen a commercial or you haven't seen a trailer or you have no concept of what Lawnmower Man is, it might feel a little bit different. But as a kid who was always pitched up, it was like, Freddy, Jason, Lawnmower Man, Candyman. <laughs> like, they're like, like it, yeah. it was always known to be like a horror movie or a something bad movie. Mm-hmm. And he was that. So when you're watching it, I do think it is does do a really good job of starting out with this innocence. It's a childlike innocence, and it's maybe a little insulting, but for the sake of the movie's trajectory, it really works. Mm-hmm. And then, it, when, but when you know where it's going, and you're seeing, you know that it's an inevitable transformation into something bad. It is really fun, and it's yeah. done really well. well like I, he's it, like, it's a smart, it's a, it's a pretty smart movie. I, I think some of the mm-hmm. the special effects haven't aged very well. I mean, we're talking about a movie that came out in 1992. This was sort of the cutting edge of special effects, yeah. but like the the movie never really devolves into just being a slasher flick. It it, it always mm-hmm. sticks no. to the the themes that it, it, it set out to talk about and uh, sort of explore, which I thought made it, a, it, it still, I think it has actually aged better today because of the world we live in. Back then it felt like sci-fi garbage, but it there's a mm-hmm. lot of things in there that uh, it, it accurately predicted. So. Mm-hmm. You touched on it briefly, Adam, and what you just said, the, the visual effects, which obviously are comical and dated now, but I bet if you saw this when you were a kid at the time, compared to what was out there you'd be like wow this is kind of cool and this is what my video games look like in my mind Mm -hmm. um, that i'm playing this is what sex looks like in my mind (laughs) you turn into a butterfly (laughs) it's a dragonfly (laughs) right sorry dragonfly but because the visual effects was going to be my thing that i say good about the movie i love the the vr shit in this movie that's what makes it different and cool to me is is there's something about that era of cheesy what they thought was cool cutting edge VR stuff that looks, I don't know. It, it's really fun to watch them go through those fucking uh, t- tunnels uh, uh, w- uh, with the, with all the blades trying to cut them and stuff. I don't know. I, I like, the, I like well, all there's those the, scenes. There's the scene where he mind controls uh, what the, the gas station attendant for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's personified by his Job's face with a lawnmower in his mouth. Uh, raking over his <laughs> brain, which yeah. is one, you have to storyboard that and it has to make sense. And then they have to execute on it and using the limited amount of polygons and triangles they had back then. And it actually like <laughs> use a viewer go, Oh, I get it. He's taking <laughs> over his brain with a lawnmower mouth. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like that, that's, that's pretty advanced stuff like to do that. Yeah, but, for sure. Someone had to hit render on that and then look at the bar that said approximate time for that shot, <laughs> that lawnmower brain months. shot. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 18 years. Oh, Uh, it'll be done when it's done. Ryan, did your parents have any positive takeaways? The the, the hardest we laughed was when they're talking to the cops and they're like, yep, looks like two murders just happened. And then he and then Job like brain wipes and goes, wow, two accidents happened in one night. That's crazy. Uh, We laughed really hard at that. That was probably the only Mm -hmm. highlight for us, for them. (laughs) Oh. oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I loved it, though. I was loving uh, well, it. <laughs> um, fun, fun fact, actually, going back, I, I did a little bit of research on the movie. Didn't think I needed to. I thought I knew everything there was to know about Lawnmower Man. But uh, the special effects were done in part by Angel Studios. I think actually entirely by Angel Studios, who uh, would actually later go on to be Rockstar San Diego. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, the guys who went on to make one of the greatest games of all time, Red Dead Redemption, uh, and then went on to work on other games, but uh, also... Uh, yeah, they they did some Echo the Dolphin cinematics, James, for Sega CD. But um, you yeah. can see the similarities there. They uh, yeah, they were a uh, early studio that did a lot of special effects and then pivoted into video games and then ended mm. up working on some of the biggest games in the world. So kind of crazy that they're still around in some shape or form. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is it was ahead of its time. 
It mm. looks so far and dated now, but that, that was one of the shining beacons of that film was mm. like, whoa, you should just go see it to see the VR stuff mm -hmm. right. because it's it's insanity. Like it's so it, it it you know, the, it's easy to mock that look now. But at the if you watch it in the time in which it was kind of existed, it was pretty advanced. And yeah. so it's good that the talent involved in making that advancement still moved on to doing other things. Yeah, yeah I would love to hear some of those people that worked on it talk about the VFX. They're all dead. Yeah, oh. yeah. they all they all transcended into VR, but mm. they, yeah, they're, they're, they're laughing maniacally at home right now. Yeah. They're scrambling their wrists right now, <laughs> flicking their wrists hard against hexagons to try and find the access granted tube. But I, I mean, also, I, I think one of the things James touched on there is the visuals and how I, I remember being a kid and seeing the ads for this. I, it was one of those mm -hmm. movies like Terminator 2 where your brain couldn't really process what you were seeing. Like, mm -hmm. you, like when you saw the liquid Terminator walking for the first time and bashing his head into a helicopter and oozing in and, and you having no concept of, you know, I, I was maybe what, seven or eight. And like, I had no real concept of what the hell CGI was. And I, I thought I was seeing mm -hmm. basically magic. And you see that on TV and you're like, he's the lawnmower man. You see all these CGI things you're like, what am I looking at? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. like that, I mean, that worked. It, it helped uh, lawnmower man, you know, this small movie with a $6 million budget went on to make $150 million. Cause I think wow. people, this movie made $150 million. Yeah. I mean, that's why they made, and it made, it's making more and more. How'd you watch on it a $6 million <laughs> budget? This thing is a smash hit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it absolutely. is. You're right. <laughs> and you know, Ryan, you can, you can license that short story for only a dollar. Oh, oh, I want to be a student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you wanna... I think you have to be oh. jobless or something. Or like, okay, can... but so jobless. Here's the here's the. You guys can make that happen. Oh, sorry, I, no. I no. I was just gonna say we have to look at the the cost analysis here. Of does it make more sense financially for Ryan to enroll in school hmm. so he can can have student status, meanwhile mm -hmm. incurring a ton of student debt? Yeah, yeah. But that way it enables him to get the dollar Stephen King licensing, licensing. Mm -hmm. so he can make a you know, potentially billion dollar yeah. movie. I don't yeah, think those I'm movies sure. are allowed to make money. I, I think the I'm math not, already sure. exists. I think it oh. works out, like you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I, I you're fired. It. Yeah. You need to go make the original lawnmower <laughs> That's the first man. step. Okay. Okay. All right. We're in you, this. Oh. We're doing this. You're going to catch. I think we just use one of our interns. Okay. Just make it like a project for their <laughs> semester. He's not using air quotes. Uh, we're um, gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish off the story of Lawnmower Man and talk a little bit about the ending. But before that, a quick word from our sponsor. Summer's here, and you're probably looking for something new to watch. Thankfully, HBO Max has you covered. HBO Max has a huge library that is big on quality content. With newer films like Jojo Rabbit that you may have missed, you can also check out a wide variety of movies and TV shows that I know you will absolutely love. Now, personally, I've been watching it daily since it came out and quickly binged the show Search Party. Uh, we've continued my wife's love affair, Friends, and have been adding to my own personal queue daily. I'm actually looking forward to watching Midnight Special, going through Deadwood, again, fantastic show and a movie, and going through all the Studio Ghibli Japanese anime films exclusively on HBO Max. So start streaming today. Get yourself a free seven-day trial today by visiting our link at bit.ly HBO Max House. That's bit.ly slash HBO Max H-A-U-S for a free seven-day trial. Thank you, HBO Max. Thank you very much, sponsor. Okay, Ryan, you were about to say something before I rudely cut you off to I was make just going to um, ask, uh, you know, I was going to get a little deep with you guys and ask you, you know, are any of you official simulatarians or singularitarians like I am? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you believe that we're living in a simulation, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I do. I, I mean, I, it's something that I don't give credence to, but I have in life given, you know, some thoughts. You believe about, it. I don't believe it. You, no, oh, I, I do believe it. it. All right. Uh, James. Here's my my opinion <laughs> is that the way our organic body works, which is a brain interpreting electrical signals from other organic matter. Mm -hmm is no different than being in a simulation uh, yeah. because we are all essentially just floating cells inside a, inside um, a very fragile skull. Do you want to hear something really sad, indicative of my personality? Yeah, of course. Sure. Yes. I, I've had, had times in my life where I've 
my life has felt too good. And I've thought like I've been too happy or, un, you know, unusually happy like right now, mm-hmm. like right now. And I thought okay. I thought, am I in a coma? <laughs> like, did I get into some horrible accident or something? And this is a simulation. My brain is. That's really unhealthy. Isn't that fucking sad? <laughs> that's really unhealthy. I'm too happy. Um, I must be near death. So that, that's what I've, I've genuinely thought. So like, not, not in any way that I've been like. Super serious, but I've been like, what if I'm I so I am more of the cipher category of it doesn't really matter whether or not I'm in a simulation. Oh, it do- totally it, does. James, I fuck cipher. It man. doesn't. He's wrong <laughs> about this. Yeah, cipher. Cipher was eating steak on the last night of his life, but he okay? knew what he was Delicious. doing. Oh, do well, mean? I guess you're right. He was about to not know what he was doing. He wanted yeah, to have yeah. the ignorance. He wanted yeah, to be he was going to have the greatest, so, the greatest shit going for him ever. And then, and then the rest of them were like, "We have to wake up," and then spent their whole freedom in misery. Okay, so you would rather be doing—you would rather be in a simulation than in in COVID, it, real life. To, to again, it's not about rathering. It doesn't mm. matter because the way the brain works is a simulation. It's simulating everything right now. But I think those are two different conversations. Stim, stimulus, stimulus, and input. Well, so your brain is filling in the space between your eyes, like because otherwise you would be seeing your nose. Yeah, and if you're <laughs> and if you're in a in a tube Ugh. filled with embryonic goo, and you have a cord up your butthole mm-hmm. and another one I in the do. back of your in the top of your spinal cord or whatever, to me that is the same thing as your eyes linking optic nerves to your brain. So it's you don't just, see your nose It's just bridge? another step, and so it ultimately doesn't So matter. what you're saying is that ignorance is bliss and that we should uh, we should abolish it's, the Department of Education. It's not <laughs> ignorance. It's just not It's just not a fight worth fighting mm. because you're in it either way. You Ryan, are in it, and it, you're are, in it either way. Why are you so staunchly against it? No, I am. What are you doing to, uh, what are you doing to, to combat it? I am really, pro simu. Uh, all I'm saying is that uh, in terms of the, the creation myths that uh, exist that I've been told, the one that makes the most sense is that we're in a big ass computer to me. That's all I mean. And then in terms of whether I'd like to be outside the computer or not, I, that's a different thing. I'd much rather be where I, where I'm at. Cause like Elise, this computer is pretty cool. It's done me right. I'm all, I'm, I'm happy with it. Hasn't been too bad, so I, I would not want to see the the pile of goo I'm in outside of the simulation. <laughs> However, the singularitarian thing, I, I actually, I said it was a singularitarian before. I'm actually an anti-singularitarian. I don't want this singularity to happen in my lifetime because I'm scared of it because I don't want to see the next step of human evolution, to be totally oh. honest. Wow. Yeah. Would you would you voluntarily upload yourself? Would you San Junipero yourself to- if, if that was the option? Voluntarily upload myself to uh, what I knew was another simulation, like in this lifetime. Like, yeah. So sure. San Junipero was that Black yeah. Mirror episode. So like, but the, everyone there knew what they were doing. Like they were aware of it, but it was mm-hmm. still an option for them. I would, would absolutely you, do it if I was it? like infirm, like them or something. You know, like, or like terminal or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, I would do it, 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 it. That that sounds like a great alternative to what they were doing in the Yeah, but then you have no control of whatever they choose to do with your digital consciousness. So imagine you think you're becoming a cyber god, much like Job, but then they go, you know, you're just an NPC in some jerk kids video game. Or your your credit card gets declined, and Mm -hmm. so then they say, well, as punishment, they're going to remove your arms and legs. Have you guys watched? you can't disconnect. Oh, sorry, Andrew. That's it. Um, have you guys watched Year, uh, Years and Years, the miniseries? No. What is that? No. What is that? I, I mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's it's now on HBO that you can watch it. And well, it has been for the last year. It, it was a UK miniseries that sort of has a not like dystopian edge, but it's definitely like there's strife, there's discord, and it and it God, there's a fucking the stuff that it predicts or not necessarily predicts, but parallels. To our current situation is very scary, mm-hmm. and it's got an amazing cast. Uh, and they, like tr- stuff like transhumanism, transhumanism is a big deal, and it's also a big deal because it's this next wave of this next generation, this, this Gen Z, that uh, is dabbling in transhumanism yeah. and mm-hmm. uploading themselves and getting cyber replacements, and the the way that that can go terribly wrong 
if uh, you're not doing it in a way that is legitimate is is a is a plot point and it's huh. it's like it's such a it's such a great series <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know I know the way things are kind of bleak right now it's probably not the stuff mm-hmm. where you're like I want to sit down to dinner well, and watch this I mean some, but some, I can't recommend it enough some sometimes I mean kind of taking it back to lawnmower man uh, with these certain themes things are supposed to be sort of cautionary I mean not so much as a warning like there there's like the David Foster Wallace approach to things which is overconsumption can be bad but everything in moderation can mm-hmm. be good you know eating candy is okay yeah. but only eating candy is gonna rot your brain and, uh, and it worked okay for david foster wallace hung himself Oof. but yeah no, i mean he, i mean he says uh, there's a lot of great i mean he's a, a great author but like there's a lot of uh good stuff in there that he talks about like um like the one thing actually lawnmower man didn't really predict correctly and i think probably this show looks like it does years and years is that uh complacency complacency is a bad thing like becoming um so reliant on technology that we would rather keep our sedentary lifestyle and kind of go the way of like you know wally but then also just let any sort of authority just roll over us because it's easier to just live in the cyber world so to your point uh ryan I think we are in a simulation, but we've created it for ourselves. Wait, what do you mean again? It's not. You, it's, you not the, it's not the Matrix. It's not the Matrix simulation you think we're in. It's more of a we have we have social sort of, simulation. We have essentially created a uh, fabricated reality around us, or have given us the opportunity to hide from it be- with the technology that we have. And once the technology yeah, that's, goes away, that's not what I mean it. by simulation. All right. Yeah. I mean, zeros and ones. My fucking body <laughs> is a computer. All right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be zeros and ones. Cause it'd be a quantum computer. And you know, those go beyond, they go up to two. Okay. They you might have that. a two in there. You're right. Yeah. So it's You're Schrodinger's right. computer. You know, these things. Right. Been you know what? YouTube uh, videos. Talking about transhumanism and all the scary uh, the implications and stuff. You know what scared the shit out of me was was on the Funhouse subreddit watching all of you guys singing scr- that Scrabble song that some dude did with like deep fake technology. Uh, freaked yeah. me out. Did you see this? <laughs> Anyone? No. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it, a, it's a hot thing right now. People are doing. I've seen it on like a League of Legends subreddit oh, and other stuff. It's a oh. meme. I mean, it's the face out. the face installer thing yeah all the heads moving mm-hmm. around and like but yeah but like I, at the exact mm. same way i mean it, it, it the implications of that are terrifying yeah mm-hmm. i mean yes but we've we've said yes to this so many times it's it, what do you I mean? mean we we Think were, the we irony, were warned the, by lawnmower man and well, we just disregarded the irony it. with stuff like this is that I like when it was like the old man app and like all these other things, like it was like all these apps and stuff. I was like, I don't know if I want to get this app. Can I? Because I don't want it to necessarily have my information. And then and then I would log on and then people would be sending me because they're just yeah. they just found my likeness online. And <laughs> yeah. So like all of China has all of my yeah. personal information on TikTok, despite the fact that I don't, don't use the use program. It. There are James AIs are like, you know in what? Beijing right now. James yeah. James would want to have his face placed on Macho Man Randy Savage like during during one of his speeches. And the answer is, yes, I would. <laughs> I just didn't do it because I was like, well, do I really want to give away that private those private ones and zeros and it turns out it's not up to me i I need to make a comment i have to make a comment here for my own peace of mind i really like david foster wallace and his writings and i didn't mean to sound so callous in what i said about it worked out for him what i no what i meant i didn't i didn't didn't think he even made it to this point in the podcast i'm sure i'm sure someone will interpret it that way i didn't mean it that way i just meant that i think he really was a person that was burdened you know Mm-hmm. By the things that he knew, at least <laughs> yeah, he you're, wrote same for me. You're, you're in a coma. Cut that right apology now. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, none of the. It was. It wasn't an apology. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're in a hospital right now, sitting next to David Foster Wallace, and he's alive and okay. This is all fabricated. None <laughs> yeah, of this, this is, is a real. simulation, dude. I'm a lizard mm-hmm. person. Well, <laughs> she has. There's three patients around her: David Foster and Wallace. Okay. And so she has manifested David Foster uh, Wallace. They're each standing as in front of a door, and I have roommates. to decide who's telling the truth and who's lying. It's Wallace. <laughs> yeah. There's one person who passed out trying to read Infinite Jest in one go, and their brain exploded. It's a good. Did you see the guy that like he cuts books in half, so he like cut Infinite Jest into like. Third, so he could bring it with him places. Oh. <laughs> For him, strange. Zero. No, it's, it's this guy. Zero. He's like, he's like, does anybody else do this? I cut physical books into chunks because I don't want to carry around a heavy full book. 
Uh, it's just such a burden. Yeah. Human beings, this is a new <laughs> thing. We're talking about technology. Human beings throughout time have never had to carry books. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> why should I be burdened? Okay. I say 23 pages, not a page more. Okay, we are we're way off base here. I'm gonna bring it bring us back to the ending of the original Lawnmower Man, the one and only. Uh, so at this point, Job plugs himself into the the cybernet, uh, the early you know uh, central computer of the world. He mm -hmm. accurately predicts by 2001, everyone will be online. Close, I think about a third of the world was online at that time. And he says uh, his his new life as a god will be rung in by every phone in the world ringing simultaneously, uh, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that happens. This is one of those rare movies where the bad guy wins. Um, it's a race against time. Yeah. They're trying to lock him in a, a, a behind a firewall, essentially, which is visualized by a beehive, like a hive filled with hexagons. And they're locking down ones. And he needs to find the one that un gets him out from, I guess, what would be an intranet. He's in the intranet and yeah. he wants to access the the internet. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to find the pathway that does that while they're also trying to lock down all the pathways. Mm -hmm. And there's a race against time until it's on full lockdown. And so he's using his his lawnmower it, man cyber powers to flick his wrist really fast and yeah. get green and red signs. <laughs> it, kind, it kind of devolves into a uh, kind of tropey action movie at this point where we got to set the bomb. But there, there is still this part that's visualized james did actually a pretty good job of explaining it but at the time that didn't really be, that's kind of hard thing to register right where it's like no no no, he's on a closed internet yeah and he's on a closed mm -hmm. internet and he needs to get out to the wider internet and in 1992 mm -hmm. unless you owned a you know a, a pc which most a lot of people did not and had internet early internet like a lot of people didn't have that so mm -hmm. kind, yeah. of, kind of a heady concept that it, for its time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really? within it's within the realm of technology. Like that's how the internet began, right? Yeah. Or these but intranets that they would. I think to the other. average person, like if you were working at IBM or Princeton, no, yeah. you know, somewhere like that, you'd be like, oh yeah, I get these. But but yeah, I think that that's is. why the movie was so fun is because it seemed like the it seemed like a fantasy. It seemed like a very movie concept, like a very fantasy movie concept that like he's trying to act. He's trying to reach the Internet or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fun and silly. But now if you just explained it to someone with they're like, well, they're imagine they're on your Wi-Fi, but they're <laughs> trying to get out to the to your neighbor's Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's it's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, so, still try to explain the difference between a modem and a router to most people, though. And it, oh, well. it, it way over the head you like i have to have yeah. two things or the one thing is the one i don't under, just just turn it off and on again um mm -hmm. but yeah like, like i was saying yes ryan uh we would be remiss to have a lawnmower man podcast without mentioning frankenstein this is basically a frankenstein adaptation too it is, oh, okay. it is you're right i thought you were That's referencing so good. Dean norris in the strange accent that he used throughout the movie i don't know like, what you're talking about right now uh, uh, who the, the the brother from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. He's in this, oh, he's yes. In Lawnmower Man. He <laughs> sorry. he went. He had a he had a weird. I, I yeah. Sorry. He he's sort of the Frankenstein, uh, monster. Yeah. No. It, it's an amalgamation of a lot of things, right? It's uh, flowers for Algernon. It's Frankenstein. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Romeo and Juliet. It's a Stephen King novel. Yeah. <laughs> Char Charlie. Did you ever see Charlie? Oh, I guess that's flowers for Algernon. Fuck. It Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're right. <laughs> yeah. It pulls a lot of those yeah. themes. Did you it's like it's like uh, Lion King. Yeah, Lion King's it's Hamlet. Little... It's also Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a Stephen King novel as well. Did you ever, Ryan? Did you ever see the It's Always Sunny episode where they tell Charlie that they gave him a drug, and they give him no. the flowers for Algernon? You, I'm I'm just gonna Flower, say go isn't watch. Isn't it like Flowers for Charlie or something like that? Yeah, it's it's one of the greatest scenes of that show. I will just All right. recommend you go I'll, watch that. I'll I won't say up. anything else. Watch it before they take it off Netflix. So, because okay. uh, they're slowly doing that. Uh, I just want to go around the room though and ask, like, how do you how do you feel about this ending where uh, essentially the bad guy wins, but he's not exactly a bad guy. His his uh, his motives are somewhat unclear because he just says he wants to cleanse humanity, but that might be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. You know what imply. the the it doesn't seem to imply good. <laughs> uh, you know what the ending kind of reminded me of too? It's the uh, same vibe as uh, you know, you, you've seen Akira, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Kira's kind of the same thing where it's like this person through no fault of their own is basically uh, being turned into, ha- you know, having their body morphed. And then, but, and then just because of human survival, they, they don't, they don't want to get killed. So then they're trying to figure out any way to become more powerful so that they can't get killed. And then that ends with them, you know, with uh, Akira or whatever, transcending into a, a new thing. And it's kind of the same vibe where you're like, the bad guy kind of won, but he wasn't destined to be the bad guy. Like, bad people made him the bad guy, so is he the bad guy? It's like an interesting, morally ambiguous ending. I mean, I think it has to do a lot with power, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, it's a superior... He does... Job very much, and Tetsuo, has a superiority... They have a superiority complex by the end of it. Once they get a taste, probably because they established that they were marginalized by society, they were given strength, but weren't prepared to prepared for that strength, and then the end result that, is disaster. That's right? actually what I was going to say with the with the slant that you know power corrupts, and in, in that when you give someone power, you can can see their true nature. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. if you give a man power, you can ultimately see what he what he would have done. Had he had that power, to, you know, in yeah, folks. Good point. Uh, so that that's a. I mean, this movie. This movie has so many multifaceted themes mm-hmm. and just depth mm-hmm. to it. Layers of grass and 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 <laughs> gratuitous nudity. Mulch. You know, like it's great. <laughs> it's also an adaptation of Max Landis's Chronicle, I think, too. Yeah. Oh this, yeah. Of I think course. this movie yep. came out three years before he was born, but that's a good guess. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, the, the movie. I think actually, it going back to our, the whole concept of this, talking about what is cyberpunk. It it is a world of gray. It's not so black and white. And I think Law Law Man's a little further down the spectrum of what makes a cyberpunk genre uh, what it is. But because it sort of embraces those aspects, it becomes a movie that is actually sort of worth talking about. And it isn't just a another slasher fic or horror movie from the 90s that will just be forgotten with time. And it's actually, I think it's it's earned its place uh, somewhere in the history books. I don't know where, somewhere in the back. That's fine. But uh, I think it's, it's definitely a movie worth considering. And if you want to so, watch it and feel something, I, th- I say watch it. So when you say it's Lawnmower Man's worth talking about, are you saying that Bruce Green was completely wrong when he said stop talking about Lawnmower Man? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. well, it, it's a it's a gray subject. I don't. I mean, you. Yes. You, yeah. No. We you okay. should. We should all talk. You don't have to talk about Lawnmower Man too. That is. That's a a, a sad shadow of what the original I mean, one. The movie's so good maybe, they couldn't even agree on a title. Maybe you have to ask yourself how does someone benefit? How does someone personally benefit from trying to suppress this sort of huh. discourse? That's a good point. Is he Lawnmower running Man? the simulation it's or something? Uh-huh. Bruce. Dude. He would do that. Guys? <laughs> I would say maybe Bruce is a lawnmower man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so that basically brings us to the end of our discussion today. Uh, if you guys like this, let us know. I anytime I host, I'm thinking about going through. Uh, there's a huge list of movies that are uh, cyberpunk light, and November's getting here is going to be pretty soon. So I'm happy to discuss movies in this uh, this genre. If you guys are are into it, so let us know. Are you a Tetsuo the yeah. Iron Man fan? I'm still trying to figure out who Akira is. Uh, uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Tetsuya the Iron Man, different movie. I I, I fucked up the names on that, but uh, oh, I, don't, uh, I, I was just. No, I mean, you're right. You're you're right. The little boy does is also the same story yeah. where he is a special child with immense power. That's that they realize what they've created. The government realizes what they've created, and they try and suppress it, and it just leads to disaster. Everyone yeah. needs uh, to see Tetsuya the Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Sometimes I, when I say Akira, which Akira. is the actual pronunciation, people <laughs> yell at me. Um, but I, you know, mm. I guess if I went to if I went to Japan and they called me Jamesu as opposed to James, you would be honored. I would probably be okay with it. So I don't know what yeah what the diminishing of a cultural phonetic yeah. is. Just sitting in the middle of that Bukaki crowd. I, I did have a. <laughs> A mention earlier, uh, we wouldn't talk more about it before, but like some of the earlier uh, inspiration of cyberpunk came from Blade Runner and Akira, uh, sorry, Akira, which uh, the comic came out. That that was just long ago. (laughs) Both of those came out in 1982. So that's a a time where I think people started to sort of visualize what cyberpunk was. Um, And Mm -hmm. then before we go, uh, just a quick update on our uh, Vin Diesel podcast that we did, sort of those... uh, 
longer form podcasts. We're still uh, in discussions and working on those. So those are, uh, we're still working on what the next subject is. Just a heads up, just a quick update. I don't know, mm-hmm. James Lee, if you guys want to say anything on that. Um, it's just, just want to give everyone an update in case they're looking for a more of uh, those uh, concentrated film house episodes. It's just that they're coming down the pipe. They they require different effort. The the one you saw, the Vin Diesel one, was cut by Adam, and it was a it's a bigger undertaking, obviously, than than just putting together a podcast. Uh, and so you know we're, we're figuring out the timing of those, but people seem to enjoy it. We uh, un- heard your feedback on maybe the topic wasn't as know if divisive is the right word because that's not necessarily what we're going for but finding a way to inject even more of our kind of personal perspectives into things Mm -hmm. is definitely going to be a priority going forward cool and uh with all that said everyone have a fun and wonderful cyberpunk filled weekend thank you everyone for being on the podcast today Ryan, it means a lot that you showed this movie to your parents and at least that you watched half of it they are not happy about that Let's uh, real quick. Let's toss to Ryan's mom for a review on this podcast. It went from bad to worse, and I give it a half a star. 